as long as you have the company culture intact you know like people trust you and value your uh, culture everything is fine in fact like i won't say we we didn't see any impact at all like other than you know people gone go to office and uh, they miss that uh, the social element of the office space productivity wise you know like uh, we haven't seen any drop at all Hey everyone, welcome back to the SaaS Revolution show brought to you by SaaS Talk, the conference that helps SaaS companies get traction, growth and scale. I'm your host, Alex Thuma, and I'll be looking at what it really takes to build and grow a SaaS company today and how founders and entrepreneurs stay healthy on the journey. Now on with the show. Welcome to the SaaS Revolution show, uh, Saravana Kumar. Welcome, Saravana. Thank you very much, Alex, for having me here. We spent plenty of time together at SaaS conferences and, and, and SaaS uh, local events uh, in, in the UK, uh, SaaS society as well. We could probably list a whole number of events where we, we where we've met and uh, and spoken. Um, you're the founder uh, and CEO of uh, of Covi, um, so it'd be good to you know uh, understand a little bit about Covi in a minute. But first of all. Uh, who is Saravana Kumar? I come from a technical background. Like I moved to UK back in 2000. It's one of those, you know, classic, uh, you might have heard the term body shopping. It was very popular uh, back then. Like, you know, like you, that's, that's when all this uh, offshoring thing started. Like you bring people from India and uh, elsewhere and you have people bring it here and then they put you on a contract job somewhere through an agency. So that's how I came to UK back in uh, 2000. And then I spent about 10 years uh, uh, working for various uh, clients like Accenture, Microsoft, and Fidelity, and those kind of people. And, and I was specializing in this particular Microsoft product called uh, Bistock Server. It's a, it's a middleware product, and it's, it's used by a lot of large companies. And uh, I used to work as a consultant for uh, 10 years. And uh, during that time, like, you know, I just I just figured out there is a big gap for large customers, like uh, when it comes to the governance, operations, security, et cetera. And something which I started off as a hobby thing, I never thought, you know, I start a company that was not the intention. Like uh, just uh, just because of the technology passion, I started building something and then I eventually put it on the market and, and gradually grown organically. And for the last 10 years, uh, I've been uh, uh, focusing on, on on building that, and it's now it's a it turned into a viable business, and that's where uh, we are now. Uh, as that's, that's my 20 years uh, snapshot in uh, maybe 30 seconds. Yeah. Were you always entrepreneurial, or was this something that just happened? I would say I was always entrepreneurial, like not uh, uh, you know, like it was not like a ambition or something to build. But when I look back, you know, like historically, like before I moved into UK, like I'm the first son to my my father, and my father is a is a businessman, not a big scale, you know, he was running like a like a small shop kind of thing in India, and right from the age of uh, age of twelve, I will say, like I've been involved in the business in some form, you know, like I I just wrote a LinkedIn post as well. Now, if I look back, you know, all those little learnings, what you have done when you're a child, you know, unconsciously, like uh, how to deal with money and how you deal with partners and vendors and, you know, like uh, buying, borrowing, all those kind of things. I think I'll say contributed uh, significantly. And, you know, like, I think that's what I gradually turned it into a, when the opportunity came and when you started, you know, 
seeing something coming up and all this connection started to work and then you're able to able to link up and then accelerate on the learnings what you had like 15 20 years ago i, I think that's how that's how i see it and probably you know like uh, uh you know looking back you know even if this didn't work out i'm pretty sure you know i would have gone in some entrepreneurial form rather than working for somebody because uh, one of the things like uh, I, I get bored very easily, like, you know, like, uh, and I see that there's a pattern for people who are, you know, like uh, want to do more, like uh, very easily, like, you know, I can't stick around for on something for, uh, for, for a period. I think those are the little, little characteristics I would say, like, you know, just turned into a, into a business, business uh, entrepreneur today. And, and, and Kovai, what is, what is it? Uh, what, what problem are you solving? Why, you know, why, why did you want to found this company? Okay, the the original story is basically I started BizTalk 360. As I mentioned, I was working on this uh, BizTalk server, uh, Microsoft product, and I found a lot of gaps. And I just started this uh, BizTalk 360 as a starting point. And we were very focused on that one product for nearly six years, between 2006 to 2000. Uh, 16, 17, even uh, something around that time period, we had only one product and the company was, is called uh, Bistop 360. Even though we had an umbrella company called uh, Kowai, the, the holding company was Kowai, the brand wise, it was always uh, Bistop 360. That's how people know us. So what happened was, you know, like we started, you know, you after six years, you reached a point where, you know, you wanted to hold your engineering resources. You don't want to let them go. And I started sensing, you know, okay, if I don't do anything, you, people are bored because I'm coming from a tech background. I know exactly, you know, people get, uh, uh, you can't keep them. Like if they're really good people, they want to do something exciting. And that's how we started off as a second product, more on the Microsoft Azure. It's called Serverless 360. And then we started Document 360 because of the pain points, what we saw, we saw with Vista 360 and Serverless 360. So all these things, okay, then we need a, we, we were in a, we're in a stage where we need a, some kind of identity for all the products together. And that's when we thought, okay, let's push our, uh, uh, the holding company as a main brand. And then we brought, we brought a whole branding exercise and we brought Co as a, as a company uh, on, on the top. Yeah. So uh, can you give me some, uh, a bit of data uh, about the company? Uh, are you able to share how many employees, whether you're bootstrapped or funded, uh, Revenue, if you if you're happy to kind of share that, so give give us a, a bit of a picture in terms of uh, the the company uh, itself. Yeah, sure. Um, um, right now, the company size is about 120 uh, employees. Uh, we ramped up to almost double our headcount in the last uh, nine ten months. I will say, in terms of uh, customers, uh, overall with all the products combined together, it will be around. Uh, uh, 1,200 customers, 1,200 customers. Uh, about uh, half of it, or you know, like 600, 700 of them are uh, are uh, Bistar 360 customers. They're mainly for uh, uh, for the Bistar 360. Uh, when we say customers, it's all like a real hardcore, uh, solid enterprise uh, customers because of the nature of the product. It's not. Uh, 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 it's about uh, about uh, ten thousand dollars per annum kind of a price point. So it's uh, we are talking. It can go up to hundred thousand uh, dollars price point. So real, like when you, when you look at our customer base, like we have Microsoft, Boeing, Airbus, Shell, BP, those kind of uh, Fortune 500 companies. Uh, so, so we have both offices in India and in, in London. So we got about 10 people here and the remaining all in, on, in, in India. 
So revenue wise, I would say we are close to 10 million mark. Very cool. Uh, and but were, were you, um, and correct me if I'm wrong here, like last year, were you at 3 million ARR and now you're at 10? No, no, it's, no? Not, it's not 3 million. I think it was always, you know, it's we never had that the kind of a hockey stick kind of growth, yeah. but it's always like a gradual, like, you know, 20% okay. increase kind of a steady growth uh, throughout the throughout the period. Okay, so 20% annual growth, is, is that what you're yeah something, yeah, something around that mark, yeah. So it's always like a steady growth, yeah. It's never had like a, it's not like a moment like this. It's just you yeah. know, like incremental growth uh, throughout, yeah. Okay. And, and you said, you said you're, um, you're bootstrapped, right? So you've not uh, taken any VC funding. Why? Um, the main reason is, okay, like, you know, the first six years, as I said, it's all Bistock 360. Um, the two things, okay, one, we are dealing with the enterprise customers, and when you're dealing with the enterprise customers, you have enough uh, cash flow coming. Like, if you close, you know, like a, a handful of them, you're talking, there's enough revenue for you to keep going uh, with the, uh, the company. And the two, two, two main factors, why the first six years I thought, you know, even I can't even, like, convince a VC, because uh, one, it's a very niche uh, product. It's something like, you know, you can say like a, some kind of a security product or something. I can't really explain to a VC like uh, uh, what we are doing. They probably won't even understand what we are doing. And uh, and also we had enough cash flow. That's why we thought, you know, that is probably, you know, there's no necessity for us to, you know, like, and, all, and also this is not one of the product where if somebody gives me 10 million, I can throw that money in somewhere and I can acquire more customers that that equation was also not there. So there's no particular necessity for us to go. And over a period, you know, the, 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 the financial status improved and uh, we reached a stage where we were, we are self-sustained. And that's why, you know, like uh, the steady growth in the last uh, uh, nine months. Uh, so, you know, like, uh, so we were very, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, like uh, careful up to that, you know, eight, nine years until, because when you run a bootstrap company, you're cautious on every direction and we build it up. And once we reach a stage where we have enough financial backing, that's when we thought we will accelerate. And then last uh, nine months, we doubled our, uh, uh, our uh, headcount. And also the interesting thing I didn't uh, mention is, you know, like uh, uh, we invested about $1.2 million in our new office in India. So that is actually for uh, this, actually, it's not even Bangalore or Chennai. So we are, our office is in a place called Coimbatore, which is like a tier two city in uh, in India. So you can think of like Sheffield or Leeds in, uh, in yeah. it's not London. So for that city, that kind of investment is actually like, uh, I, I don't think anybody got that kind of office set up in, in that place. So we hired exactly the same architects who did the Freshworks Fresh Test because Girish is a good friend of mine. So we brought exactly the same architects. I told them exactly this is what I want. You know, like, okay, go build it. And then they, and so we haven't opened it. Actually, it was supposed to open in April, but due to COVID, it's been just everything done, locked up, and it's there. Very cool. I think I've seen some pictures of the the, the offices on uh, on Facebook. So it looks really nice. And say, so, uh, Shane, I know that you, you were planning to have, you know, opened it and, had your team in there, uh, you know, at the moment, but hopefully that will will happen, you know, at, at some point in the in the near future. Many bootstrap companies they they get caught in this slow SaaS ramp of death, and uh, there's great talk by Gail Goodman uh, around this. And uh, and and some bootstrap companies they they have that hockey stick moment to come out of it. Now I think you said earlier that you've not necessarily had a hockey stick moment. It's been very steady growth uh, for you guys. 
But initially, those initial years of being bootstrapped, you know, did you feel like you were in this great, you know, slow SaaS ramp of death? You, you know, was it was that quite difficult, um, you, you know, sort of like building the company without this external funding, obviously relying on the enterprise sales, but to kind of get that growth? Uh, what, what, what's been your journey in, the, in, in those initial years? Yeah, I, I don't think we ever uh, were in a, in a pressure situation where we need to, you know, like uh, 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 need to rely or, you know, like worrying about the financial thing. Uh, uh, like in the first uh, six, years, six, six, seven years, you know, there's a very steady growth. And also, like, you know, I was very conservative, I will say, like, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, always having enough cash to run the company at least for two years, you know, like uh, not throwing away all the money. But things are changing dramatically now in the last two, last one year. So now, you know, like it's so much learning. You probably have seen me every single conference and speaking to a lot of people. And all those things are, you know, Document 360 is something we're executing in a typical modern SaaS kind of a business where we are uh, throwing a lot of money into the paid acquisitions and, you know, like a, uh, right now, you know, like uh, just to give uh, uh, like high high level numbers in terms of you know acquisition costs, it, we, the cost of acquiring for us is about 15 to 18 months payback period. I know this is very high, but that's fine for us to you know like uh, throw that kind of money for us to learn faster and see which channel is uh, channel is working and uh, and over a period we can optimize it. But now we are pretty bold in terms of you know like uh, you know like uh, putting more money and accelerating things faster. In fact, Document 360 is our fastest growing um, product in the in the company now. It's only three years since we started the product, uh, but uh, my focus and all the senior management pro focus is everything on Document 360. And we started rating, you know, for example, Captura and uh, 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 G2 Crowd. They all ranked us as number one now in terms of knowledge management category. So all those things requires, you know, like a lot of funding to support it. You know, like uh, these things doesn't happen automatically. I, I will say it's a more like a learning, like, you know, seven, eight years coming from a pure technical background where you started everything from scratch, you're building a team and uh, putting all those operations like customer success and sales and marketing. So it's a huge learning. And now I see the way I'm looking at it is, you know, okay, what are we going to do for the next 10 years? In fact, internally, our vision statement is 2030, basically, where we wanted the company to be in 2030. Uh, we, we probably will do one or two more products added to, to our portfolio under COI and also going deeper into all these products, what we have now. And uh, the learnings, what we have is incredible in the last uh, eight, nine years, and uh, we are going to apply it and scale it, basically. Yeah. Cool. So, I mean, it leads in not nicely, actually, to the next question, but before that, so... Uh, as you said, like Document 360, you know, fastest growing product. Um, do you run, you, so you have the four products, BizTalk, Document 360, other two, I can't remember. Um, but um, do you run them as separate businesses or, or, or uh, uh, like separate business units? Yeah, the, internally, the way it works is all the engineering resources are pretty much uh, separate. Uh, so we have some shared components and things like that. Other than that, each each department is uh, is different and also like uh, they, they run it like a small company within within the organization we are looking at about you know 25 to 30 people is the size of each product is what we are looking because anything above that is very hard to manage and you end up building wrong things so 25 to 30 people is the capacity and we have of course the common admin kind of uh, operations like uh, accounts hr the some some which goes uh, horizontally 
but more or less all those individual products are uh, run in a, run as a, as a separate entities within the company yeah so if document 360 is is fast growing like would you consider taking venture capital for for this one and building a 100 million dollar business i think probably yeah like one of the things what we are doing as a uh, uh, internally we are actually restructuring the company as well into group of companies so that that work is going on so we will position it as you know document 360 as one company within that uh, group of companies the yep. reason why we are trying to do this restructuring is mainly because of that uh, reason like we can see like okay this requires a lot of funding to scale at a larger scale so if we can figure out exactly that's why we are spending money even though the cost of acquiring customers are higher once we figure out a model like exactly you know which channel is working and where we can put $1 and get $2 back we can we can figure it out probably we will need uh, more funding to scale faster so yeah i think i'm not saying uh, you know i'm going to run this forever as a bootstrap thing but if there is an opportunity you know that's that's how it is right whether you want 100% of a $100 million dollar company or 10% of a billion dollar company is what uh, you need to figure out so yeah i think uh, if if we another i think another 18 to 24 months we will know but until that point probably we don't need it that's what i'm saying like uh, i keep getting requests every day in a in a week i'll get at least four uh, vc requests coming up and i put a calendly block something in the mid of next year like a two weeks block and i said okay go book it there and i actually accumulating all of them for the two weeks next year okay very cool very cool you should be meeting them at uh, at sasdoc and i'm sure you'll get um, also some more VC uh, uh, meeting requests after this podcast uh, goes live. Um, so talk about the, the multiple products and like your mission about launching multiple products at scale. How do you do it? I mean, like doing like one is, I'm sure kind of like hard enough, but you you have four, and as you said, they're running as separate businesses. Obviously there's got to be the structure and process that, you know, kind of in place. How, how do you do it? Okay, well, one thing is it's definitely harder. I will not definitely recommend to anybody uh in our case you know like okay the first product reached a stage where it's completely mature you know there is a we reached a stage where you, I, you know i can't really do anything more on that product so once we set it up as so the team is matured and you know they can run it on a completely self sustained i spent about uh, 90 minutes a month on on that particular product like i got uh, two meetings a month and alternate every 15 days once i got like a team meeting 90 90 minutes each that's all i spent on that uh, product and uh, the and, and the other other products are all very well structured like the engineering practices are pretty mature you can imagine like you know i come from a technical background with 20 years experience uh, of building uh, technical stuff on eight years of learnings in this our technical side is uh, super strong you know in fact like we can build anything now you know like if we, if we see an idea we wanted to build it we can go for it so that technical maturity is, is there and also when you're doing like a multiple products there's also a benefit of you know like a cross utilizing things for example there is a payment uh, uh, stuff what is which is common across all the products you don't need to duplicate it every time because it's a, have a mature thing we have to similar way authentication how you authenticate users we have a complete framework to do all those things so in fact now we are in a stage where if you want to spin up a new product uh, we can take it to the market in you know to four to six months all the core work is we can take it and then you can plug it and then just put the new things and stuff so i'll say so also the lot of process improvements as well like you know the initial days it was easy but as you add more and more employees you know all the process improvements are also there they're constantly learning and improving 
but it's it's, it's, a, it's a multitude of things uh, combined like uh, uh, but i will say it, it's harder like you know like uh, if you're if you're a young startup or if you're if you're really new i will say like focus on one thing sometimes i i get myself i get a doubt you know am i putting 100% into one product because maybe a lot of opportunities if we go deeper and capture the entire market rather than slicing too thin uh, inside the company people keep asking me when are we going to start the new product but the next product but you know I've, you know it's not in the cards at the moment because until these things all settle down and mature and it gets into self sustained model uh, we are not going to do the next product yeah. You mentioned uh, on one of the products you spend 90 minutes uh, a month uh, on. Where do you spend the rest of your time uh, yeah, as CEO? Okay, I got a very clear definition. In fact, I have to share that with my management team now, like uh, how I'm going to spend a week. I, I put only 40 hours as official working, uh, working hours. Uh, I, of course, you spend a lot more than that, but officially for the, for the people in the company, I have only 40 hours allocated. So 20 hours goes to document 360. So the 50% straight goes to document 360. And I get four hours for sales, four hours for marketing, four hours for finance and customer success. Uh, and then uh, I got uh, the remaining, I think I can't remember. Like I just, I just, this is the note I sent to everybody. This is how I'm going to split it. And I'm going to spend majority of my time on document 360. Excellent. And when you say four hours in sales, four hours in marketing, are you actually selling the product? Are you marketing the product? Were you sitting with those teams? What, 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 can you elaborate more on that? I'm sitting with their teams. You know, like the one thing I learned as, you know, like when you get getting bigger and bigger, you shouldn't really do anything. You know, once you say you're going to do something that you, you, you lose your entire time, basically, you know, you, okay. When you're when you're at the beginning, you know you do everything first time you do it. But once you mature, you know you really don't do it. So when I say four hours, with marketing is a good example. Like you know, I spend four hours with uh, with the head of marketing. So that is a solid ninety minutes one to one catch up on every Monday. So there we go through each and every number. You know, like how much did we spend and what are all outstanding. Pretty pretty much everything. And then I attend, you know, like, uh, you know, like, okay, there is an SEO specific meeting or some new campaigns or something like that. It's a very uh, detail oriented thing. I attend uh, that way. So I don't really do anything. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe I need to write a blog post or something like that. One, you know, we are aiming, aiming to write one blog post a month. So that's all covered in that thing. And same for sales as well. So weekly ones, we have like a deep dive sales and then look at the numbers and uh, things like that. What are your biggest learnings, uh, you know, over the last ten years of, of of running the business? I think I will say on the people side, really, like you know, you, I got really, I will say, like I'm super matured now on the people side of things because I've made some really, really silly mistakes at the early days, uh, uh, mainly on the people side. So now you know exactly what to talk, what not to talk, and you know, like how you can work with people's emotions, which are very important. Uh, every single thing, you know, like uh, just to give an example, if I'm really angry with somebody or, you know, I wanted to uh, write an email, you know, five years ago, I would have sent that email straight. Okay, bang, bang, bang. And then, you know, only after sending, you realize, oh, I shouldn't have said this, this, this statements. But now I don't send it. I might write it, but I won't send it for two days. And the things, you know, like anything critical, I don't take uh, on the fly decisions. In fact, like my, my the level of, you know, the, the, the loose talk uh, or, you know, if you, you know, you're talking freely, it's reduced significantly, you know, very cautious because 
you don't realize you know people take every word what you're saying is uh, is critical so you know that is one of my biggest learnings because you know i remember like once i was you're upset for something else like you know personal or something like that you you look down and people started you know looking at you and okay you know what's going on like is it something is hiding and those kind of things so that is a, that's one big lesson you know like uh, i think I, i think everybody comes to the same point if you're handling people and team is the biggest challenge for uh, everybody how do you preserve your existing team keep them motivated and and directing them in one direction is the hardest part you know like uh, i remember once uh, destailer intercom uh, uh, putting this the arrow things you know if you don't focus actually you might have a lot of good people in the company but they are going in different directions actually you know getting them in a single flow is the hardest part and that's exactly you know like simplifying things and uh, we we implemented you know the eos traction thing in the last one year we spent lot of time all our meetings are standardized now we run level 10 meetings whether it's a one to one meeting or a team meeting everything is a standard structure and then you know we have rocks and then we follow absolutely so we simplify a lot of things and i think those are all the you know lessons i would say like uh, and you know this year you know a very challenging year for for many people because of the uh, the, the global pandemic um what have been your sort of biggest learnings really let's say over the last sort of few months because of this because we've seen so many companies you know have to adapt so many ceos you know of these companies you know leading their companies through you know uh, unprecedented times um for you what what were the the, the biggest learnings uh, uh, that, that you've had I think for me the biggest learning is you know as long as you have the company culture intact you know like if people trust you and value your uh, culture everything is fine in fact like i won't say we um we didn't see any impact at all like other than you know people can't go to office and uh, they miss that uh, the social element of the office space uh, productivity wise you know like uh, we haven't seen any uh, any drop at all like you know like i think what uh, i feel important is you know people need to trust you at the top so they need to you need to build that trust which takes a long time like whatever you are doing is you are doing on the good for the company and employee and uh, everybody else uh, so yeah i think in our case i, I really don't I didn't see like a, any any drop in productivity or anything in fact like people did work uh, more and we didn't stop uh, anything like you know like uh, uh, you might have noticed some of our uh, facebook posts like uh, we continued to rush and finished up that office work which was supposed to be done that is done and uh, this year we plan to uh, hire not plan like the original in the way we are scaling the company in india is like uh, we hire about 25 to 30 uh, fresh graduates every year and we put them on a, like a proper training like we have like a full time training the curriculum It's almost like a small university for six months. They go through the full curriculum, and out of that, like people come, and then we place them into different departments, different things. So we are going ahead, like you know, it's all completely online now, Zoom, uh, online meetings, and doing that. So we haven't stopped anything. So personally, and for me, it's always remote because the whole team is in India. I spend a lot of time on uh, meet Teams meeting. We don't use Zoom; we use uh, Teams internally. And for me, there's no difference. And overall, I really didn't see any. Um, any challenges at all yeah. how do you stay healthy and sane okay i think uh, uh, in the last couple of years i've started to focus more on my personal health as well like, you know, so i think i realized uh, 
most of the time uh, you have the time, but you don't have the physical or mental energy to do the work. So that's when, you know, two years ago, I realized, you know, I need to keep fit. So I have a personal trainer. He's pretty good. And uh, uh, I, I, I do sessions with him. And I'm also an active badminton player. So I play about six hours a week. Okay, I haven't played for uh, this uh, COVID. Uh, otherwise, I play three hours on Tuesday evenings and three hours on Sunday mornings. So that is six hours. And then, uh, yeah, I do about... Uh, I would say three, four hours of other uh, gym kind of exercises in a week. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But the bottom, I, I keep telling my team as well. In fact, like internally, we ran a challenge, like a plank challenge. Okay, I told them people to come with a you know, one-minute plank when they're in the, in the, during this uh, lockdown period. So, I just try to push them as well to be healthier. We said, uh, and we've spoken about, obviously, you, you've attended, um, you know, uh, many conferences and, you know, for, for your learnings. Now, uh, I guess sort of with COVID, you, you know, we, we can't do it in person. Obviously, we won't be, and, and Document 360 won't be in person in, in Dublin, sadly, you know, this October. But so what, are you, what are you doing to, um, you know, continue your learning uh, sort of like during this, this period? What, what, what have you changed there? I constantly, you know, like, like, like everybody else, like, you know, there's a lot of podcasts I listen to, and then there's a lot of fantastic videos on YouTube I listen to. You know, I spent about an hour, 40 minutes, something like that in a day, like evening, like, I you know, I, I spend, I walk around in the nearby places, and I just I listen to some, uh, some podcasts, I pick up, pick up, you know, like, a uh, something interesting and I, whenever I go for a walk I just you know like try to listen at least one podcast or something 30 minutes is my is my time window so within that you know I, I, every day I watch uh, learn, listen listen to something else and uh, yeah I think uh, it's a kind of some lot of times now I feel like it's a repetition quite a bit of repetition it's hard to find uh, something new and yeah. the biggest challenge you know every interview or anything you know like uh, I hope this interview is might give something useful for people, but that's the hardest part I'm finding. Okay, I glance through the title. Okay, you can just from the title you can analyze, predict. Okay, something what the lines will be. So you know, like I keep it at a 1.5 speed at the start, and then sometimes you know, depending on the quality, it will go up to 2x or I'll come bring it down to 1.25. Awesome. Well, Saravana, uh, thank you so much for for taking the time today to to join us on uh, on the SaaS Revolution show. Uh, been great speaking to you uh, and um, yeah hope we we will uh, see each other again in person uh, soon yeah thank you very much alex uh, thanks for having me and i wish you all good luck hopefully sastak should be back soon we are hoping thanks for tuning into this week's episode of the sas revolution show i hope you enjoyed it and if you learned something from it, check out sasdoc.com forward slash events to find all the upcoming SASDOC conferences around the world.